I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode 62. We're recording on August 1st, 2022. Uh, Top story this week. I, Wesley Fenza, your favorite host, have COVID-19. Have or had? I mean, I'm pretty sure I still have it. Oh, okay. I still got a little sniffle. Mostly over it. So, you know, don't... I heard all those gasps from the future. (laughs) I believe the technical term is long COVID. Oh, yeah, I have long COVID now. So whenever I'm an idiot in the future, I'll be like, sorry, long COVID. God damn it, I got to catch COVID so I can get the long COVID. (laughs) Because I'm an idiot a lot. No, that's not not true. No, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't trying to fish for a compliment there. I was just stating a fact. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, uh, so we're actually going to start with some feedback from our previous episode, uh, and I think, Eniash, this was this was you. Yes, indeed it was. Uh, Hobodemon has corrected us on the Sri Lanka thing. They are the ones who had the big uh, military coup because they are running uh, out of food. I, if I remember right, it was not a military coup. It was just a popular uprising. Oh, yeah, it wasn't okay. the military. It was just a bunch of dudes showed up. Ah, the military's not very, or the, yeah, I guess military's, all right, popular uprising then, sorry. It's, a, it's only a military coup if it's from the military region of France. <laughs> that makes much more sense, thank you. You have put it in terms I can understand. Uh, so they had a populist uprising that kicked out their current leadership and installed new leadership, uh, and we said this was because the fertile impl- fertilizer imports were cut for environmental reasons in fact uh they cut a variety of imports including fertilizer because they have been in an economic crisis since 2015 and hope to curb inflation by trapping foreign currency by exporting more than they import so they could repay national debt banning fertilizer imports caused bread riots because it decoupled the rising cost of bread from simple inflation and the weakened buying power of the rupee and recoupled it with the hyper scarcity of wheat and grain in the middle of a global price spike due to the whole war with Ukraine thing. It's a complicated problem, and the last time this kind of thing happened, Cuba did a revolution and became communist. So, yeah, multiple reasons for this, all of them economic. All right. Well, that's uh, that's what Hobo Demon says. I have not confirmed either story. So I invite our listeners to, uh, you know, do your research, like the conservatives say. (laughs) I'd do it for you, but I have COVID-19. I'm taking it easy this week. Oh, man, that excuse just keeps paying dividends. Right? Now, whenever I don't know anything, I'll be like, ah, I would have looked that up. But, you know, I was lying on the couch <laughs> on a move. I was dying. For three I was days. An inch away from a respirator. <laughs> All right. But uh, seriously, I was kind of knocked out for three days. It sucked. Yeah. But, you know, that's spoilers. Um, we'll get to my full review in my troop deployment later. Ooh. Uh, all right. Next piece of feedback was from uh, Jan on the Discord. Yes. Jan Christian Rifgard. Refsgard? Yeah, I was going to try to pronounce the whole thing. Since good name. I like it. Uh, let's us know that chemical bonds, this was when uh, we brought up the good news about circuits being reduced to uh, five nanometers from uh, the current, I believe, was seven or eight, uh, saying that chemical bonds between atoms are between one and three angstroms, and ten angstroms is one nanometer. So one nanometer is about three atoms wide, which is just crazy nuts. Didn't didn't realize that we were getting to the level of uh, seeing our circuits uh, in 
atom width terms. Yeah, it's not very many atoms at all. No, no, it is not. Uh, the caveat came from Spinagon that atom size itself is not well defined, and it's different depending on the atom and its state. So, you know, not, not, not exactly. Which is probably why people use angstroms and nanometers rather than atom widths. Fair enough. All right, on to the new news. Congress is doing things. What? Um, yeah. Boo. I know, it's weird. I don't so like the- it. <laughs> oh, but this stuff's not even that bad. Um, is this the American scusi? Congress? Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us what's happening. Uh, so the first one is um, not probably bad. I don't know. It's corporate welfare, but it's for, for a good cause. Um, so the Senate passed a bill to subsidize chip manufacturing. Um, this was largely because most of the chips in the entire world are made in Taiwan, and something may happen to Taiwan in the future. (laughs) Um, Not making any predictions here, but it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Um, So it's kind of nice that it it would be nice if chips were made in other places too. And hey, why not America? That's right. Um, But, you know, it is a corporate welfare bill, and those are usually bad. So, you know, my prediction is this will be mostly bad. Is there a way to get, you know... On onshoring of vital industries without corporate welfare? Um, I don't think so. I mean, you could let the free market do its thing, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, we could just stop uh, guaranteeing protection of maritime shipping, and that'd get industries back uh, in America quick, fast, and in a hurry. But it would also have a lot of other fairly bad consequences, so... You know, from a utilitarian perspective, it's kind of uh, questionable. The conservatives would say, cut corporate taxes. I don't think that would would really bring chip manufacturing back to America. It's not Yeah, I mean, I think you'd need to do something about labor costs. Um, But this is a subsidy, um, which is going 20% for actual chip manufacturing, 80% for the Commerce Department to create 20 regional tech hubs. The fuck is that? Um, I that sounds like a slush fund. Um, just like money to give to certain regions to promote the tech industry. I don't really know what the Commerce Department is is like how they're supposed to do this or what this is about. This sounds like a dumb idea. Are these regions with a lot of votes? Probably. Yeah, that sounds like uh pure pork. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm necessarily anti-pork. I think, uh, you know, when they got rid of earmarks in the uh, Obama Congress, that really made things worse. We already have tech hubs in Silicon Valley and Austin, and to a lesser extent, the De- South Denver area. Like, how how many more tech hubs do they need? 20. <laughs> you're right. I guess it literally says how yes. many more they need. <laughs> your, your question has been answered. It's 20. Well, all right. Uh, but there's a cool part of the bill. It sets long-term priorities for NASA, including more moon landings, including getting women and people of color on the moon, and a Mars mission. De- Fuck. Oh, okay. Look, I'm not opposed in principle to getting women and people of color on the moon, but... I'm just you know glad going I'm back not, to the moon. I'm not going to complain. It's what we have to do to fucking sell the 
space program to the American public nowadays. Yeah, I, I don't really care who they send to the moon. I just want more moon missions. Yeah. Build a base up there. It'll be awesome. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just worried that once we run out of uh, slots on the intersectionality matrix, then we're going to hit another oh. uh, space Oh, winter. David. David, I have great news for you. We will never run out of sluts on the intersectionality matrix. They'll just keep getting sliced smaller and smaller. Uh, that doesn't make me feel much better. If you find a really good astronaut candidate that should be up there for whatever reason, but he happens not to be a woman, he can just identify as female and you can't say anything about it. So it's fine. All right, Eniash. We'll let you grind that axe later. <laughs> okay. Uh, for now, we're going to move on to the next thing Congress is doing, which is uh, a deficit reduction and climate change bill that apparently Joe Manchin has agreed to. What? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, they, they have the votes for it in the Senate. Uh, jury's still out on the House, but they'd have to be complete idiots not to pass it. But that's not really beyond the House Democrats. If they have the votes in the Senate, that means that they have 10 Republicans on board, too? Nope, it's a reconciliation bill. Oh, and those don't need, those can't be filibustered. Those cannot be filibustered. Weird. Okay. Why don't they just pass everything as a reconciliation bill? They do. Uh, well, you can only pass certain things as reconciliation bills. They have to uh, be related somehow to the budget. Um, and there's a, the Senate ombudsman gets to make that decision. About, ah. about whether it relates to the budget or not. Now, Bernie Sanders, when he was campaigning for president, was like, aha, I won't end the filibuster. I'll just appoint an ombudsman that says everything is related to the fil- to the to the budget, which is arguably true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like was a really weird end around. It's like, why don't you just end the filibuster in that case? Um, why do this weird uh budget reconciliation thing because it also comes with other rules like it can't increase the budget well because that way you still have the filibuster to use against the other side as long as the ombudsman is in your pocket but they can just appoint a new ombudsman and they definitely would who is they the president if as long as the president is on bernie sanders side that's peachy keen oh actually yeah i'm not sure who appoints him it's probably it's probably the senate majority leader and as we all know, uh, once communists get elected to executive positions, they tend to dissolve democracy fairly shortly afterwards. <laughs> oh, I wish you were wrong. Um, so this bill um, is... They, so they always give the numbers in 10-year increments. I don't know why. But it's apparently there's $400 billion in funding for climate change over the next 10 years. Um, but this is apparently offset by $700 billion in new revenues um, from three different sources. First is funding for the IRS so they can actually audit people and collect more taxes that are actually owed. Um, a 15% minimum tax on corporations. And allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices for 10 whole drugs. Is it the 10 most prescribed drugs or something? I think so. I don't know. Man, I had COVID. I didn't look that deep into this. <laughs> okay. I was counting on you guys to do that. <laughs> I, they're projecting a lot to be saved from this Medicare uh, expansion. So it's got to be some really popular drugs that are also 
fairly more expensive than they should yeah, be. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, Medicare right now just doesn't negotiate drug prices, which is insane. Yeah, that's <laughs> They're stupid. just like, we'll pay whatever. Uh, so, like, just giving them the ability to say, like, hey, maybe a different price. I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there. Yeah. Um, David. Yeah. Do you know what this minimum tax on corporations is? I assume that it's uh, just like setting a corporate income tax. Um, that. But don't we already have a corporate income tax? Yes. Honestly, I, no, I don't know. Like, I can okay. do some wild speculation if you want. <laughs> my but, my uh, understanding of it, my understanding of it is that like, just like individuals, corporations have um, like deductions they can take. And everything. Yeah. And this just says, like, whatever happens, your tax rate can't go below 15% of your profit, no matter what deductions you take. Uh, but I don't know if that's true, because I don't like tax law. It's boring. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know how to feel about that. It only applies to companies that make over, I believe, $100 million a year, so... Ah, not the uh, best companies. Exactly. But also means that it's not going to uh, apply to us un unless we get extremely popular. Well, you never know. Um, generally, I, I think, David, you've convinced me that taxes on corporations are worse than taxes on individuals. So I don't know how I feel about this. It seems like, I mean, it's going to generate more revenue, so it's going to be more taxes on corporations. Um, so probably not great, but deficit reduction is good. Uh, I do like the funding for the IRS. I know everyone hates the IRS, but it is annoying that rich people can just pay accountants to cheat on their taxes for them, and they never get caught. Yeah, I, I'm unconvinced that they'll be able to uh, convert that funding into actual revenue increases, especially on timescales that matter for the current situation, because, uh, like... The IRS has trouble meeting its uh, current hiring goals, and I assume that there's some sort of statutory pay scale uh, for that sort of thing. So it's not like they can just do the free market thing where they offer higher prices or higher wages until they meet their hiring goals. Um, wait, wait. They can't just offer more money to get more people? I Seriously? assume not, because government working, government worker compensation civil is service laws. crazy. Well, that sounds like a horrible idea. Yes, the and... yes, the civil service is a horrible idea. I agree. I am more optimistic about that um just because i know the irs has been underfunded for a long time um and so i think there's probably like like you're talking about before a lot of low-hanging fruit there that some funding could take care of i certainly don't think any of this is going to lower inflation in the short term um you know i think calling this inflation fighting is you know a, a propaganda thing not actual reality it'll fight inflation in the long term by reducing the deficit aren't uh, we which talking about the climate bill yeah yes and that's supposed to fight inflation yes because yes. it's it's because it's it it's 400 billion in spending versus 700 billion in new revenue so it'll reduce the deficit by 300 billion so they say 
But that would... Hmm. Okay, never mind. I, I don't understand how that fights inflation, because inflation is not that dependent on government spending, is it? Uh, government deficits increase inflation over the long term, right? Yes. David? Yes. So lowering the deficit lowers inflation. I don't in see theory. A, okay, but 300 million across billion. the U.S. economy? Oh, billion. Yeah, no, that's over oh, 10 years. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, so it's like 30 billion a year. Oh, so it's I not, not going to do a ton. I guess but, it might know, help a little on the margins. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Next thing they're doing um, a bill protecting same sex and interracial marriage passed the House with uh, including 47 votes from Republicans. And I love yeah. this bill because it is four pages long. Oh, my God. And just does what it says on the tin. Holy shit. It's not like a hundred regulations buried in there that you need 16 lawyers to understand. It's just a short bill. It says, hey, uh, the federal government will respect any marriage that the states uh, uh, recognize and any other state has to extend full faith and credit to marriages that any other state has performed. So if Georgia doesn't want to have same-sex marriage, fine. But anyone who gets married in New Jersey, um, you have to recognize that marriage in Georgia. Uh, I think it's a great bill. I think it's it, it's a great thing to do to uh, head off any Supreme Court decisions in that direction, which may or may not be coming. Uh, and hopefully it gets through the Senate. Uh, it probably won't because Republicans are terrible. But we'll see. It might. This is awesome. This is basically what the Supreme Court has been lately saying. Yeah, yeah right? Go, like, Congress, like do it. this. That's a law. Yeah. So I, I agree with everything you just said. I'm not sure why it takes four pages to say that. It seems like you could get it done in, like, a page at most. Oh, but, David, I come mean, on. Four, four is a, <laughs> Let's not let the perfect be the enemy. Four is a very small number of pages relative to some other bills we've seen. So, yeah. I definitely. mean, I got to think that's the... Sh- I got to think if that passes, that'll be the shortest law passed in the past 20 years. Yeah. Um, all right. And David, you have a Congress thing for us. Yeah. So um, uh, I want to say it was uh, 10 uh, dirty, filthy traitor Republicans crossed the aisle to pass an assault weapons ban through the House. It's hopefully probably doomed in the Senate. But, uh, this bill is stupid, and I hate it, and it's dumb, and, uh, it's, it's terrible. Uh, it's basically, <laughs> uh, typical for assault weapons bans, just a list of features which don't really affect performance of weapons at all, like, uh, thumbhole stocks and pistol grips on long guns and so on. Um, and says anything that has those is illegal, and it's stupid and pointless, and just bans a bunch of really popular guns for no reason. Seems like it'll be very effective at stopping gun deaths. It will be completely un- ineffective at stopping gun deaths, yes. Oh, right, that's what I meant. Uh, well, don't worry, he's not gonna pass the Senate. Yeah, hopefully. That's, uh, this is exactly the kind of thing that the, uh... The ombudsman says you can't pass through reconciliation, and they're not <laughs> going to get 60 votes. Thanks, ombudsman. Yep. Reconciliation sounds like they were two bills that are similar, but not quite the same, and they need to be reconciled? That is, in fact, what it was intended for. 
Uh, It's intended for the situation in which the House and Senate pass somewhat conflicting budgets, and they have to come together and reconcile the two bills, and then they can send it through the Senate on an expedited process. But now it uh, it works for even bills that weren't sent, weren't passed in both sides of the... Correct. uh, Okay, all right, well... it's just like the procedure happens to work for that. And okay. this is how our government works. It's like the one weird trick. Well, there are, you know, really cool weird tricks out there that help with things. So I'm not against using one weird tricks as long yeah, as they I'm work. I'm not against using them. I just, uh, it's just depressing that this is how we run our country. Yeah. Uh, all right. Speaking of uh, depressing ways we run our country, the PACT Act failed to pass, which was a bill... That was uh, to provide funding for veterans exposed to toxic substances. Um, It's funding for veterans, and it's making up for some shit that we did to them. Uh, So it's, of course, very popular. Nobody really has a problem with it. Um, But Republicans are against it because they did a weird thing with the budget. Um, What they did is, so Congress has a discretionary budget and a mandatory budget. And the discretionary budget has a budget limit on it. The mandatory budget doesn't. That's just stuff they, that, that gets spent automatically. For the discretionary budget, Congress has to appropriate things. So a few weeks ago, Congress passed their budget limit for the next year. And what they did here was they took this and took it out of the discretionary budget and put it in the mandatory budget. And the Republicans don't like that because then it leaves room in the discretionary budget for Democrats to just do whatever they want. Um, and they don't like that. Nobody's really explained why they did this. Um, lots of, you know, lots of left-wingers are very upset about this and yelling at them that they don't care about veterans. Um, I'm sure a version of this bill is going to pass. But it's just kind of weird that they're having this budget thing going on. Is it? A legit complaint that you shouldn't be putting this in the mandatory budget when it's not mandatory? I mean, I think so. I'm going to include a link from Kevin Drum. He thinks they have a point that they're like, you don't really need to do this budgetary thing. You have room in the budget for this. Just put it in the discretionary budget. Um, but it, it does seem like they're kind of being shady, trying to like free up spending for something else that they that that's not... Uh, made explicit oh they won't even say what the other thing is well yeah it's because it's just there isn't a thing right now it's just it'll be a hole in the budget that they can then fill later i would i would definitely be sus as well i don't know yeah i mean yeah i'm kind of with the republicans on this one weird weird as that feels no just put it in the discretionary budget quit dicking around (laughs) um but it's i mean they're gonna have to pass it they can't just not pass funding for veterans come on it's not how our country works. I, and it sounds like it's a good cause. Yeah, Does this it's, mean it's going to force the Democrats to put it back in the uh, discretionary budget? We'll see. I mean, right now it's kind of a standoff. We'll see who blinks first. Okay. Um, all right. Next story is from Eniash. It is. Uh, this is a another thing with the Congress and funding of things. There was a 2016 law passed that required the Office of Management and Budget to establish a board to provide information on the effects of regulations related to federal research requirements and to make recommendations on aligning and streamlining requirements. What that means is, um, <laughs> the you know how 
every now and then, uh, Scott Alexander will try to ask people three or four questions uh, as they're leaving the psychiatric hospital. And then he's told that he has to go through seven months of hell trying to make sure it's ethical to ask him those questions. And after those seven months, uh, it turns out he can't ask any questions anyway, because what if the children or some shit, uh, nobody even knows. And uh, basically, all all research is stymied forever by all these crazy regulations that don't even really make sense. They're called institutional review boards. Yes. Uh, well, Google okay. my IRB nightmare to hear Scott Alexander's story. You know, we should link that too. I, I will include that uh, in the in the document here in just a second. Uh, but yes, they they somebody apparently read his blog post or read similar horror stories about trying to do basic simple research and not being able to uh, unless they went through ridiculous loops. Uh, so there was this 2016 law that just said, you know what? Office of Management and Budget, just look into this. And then, like, maybe give some recommendations. Uh, don't they, Nothing else required. Uh, this has not been done. People, everybody just ignored this law and didn't do the thing at all. And uh, their authorization runs out on September 30th. Oh, 2021? I thought it was 2022. Am I a year behind on this thing? Uh, you totally yeah, are. They, I am a year behind. The, uh, <laughs> the authority for this <laughs> ran out a year ago. Your news, one year in arrears, everybody. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the law was passed to look into these things. Everybody ignored it. And so it just wasn't done. And there were no consequences of any kind. All right, Ineash. Yeah. This could be this could be the moment. Where? where we where where we cut the thing we cut what thing the thing we just did that was a year old that is Why not we... news oh i guess it's not news are you gonna cut this out i mean not if you don't want me to Nah, we should leave it in just so people can know how much the government doesn't work because we never mentioned that on this podcast all right well maybe i'll leave it in but also leave in this part okay I don't know. I, I we'll do see how i feel tomorrow i do think it's weird that people can just ignore something like that and i guess it's fine well i'm sure there were uh, horrible consequences for all the people that didn't do their jobs. I absolutely horrible consequences. Yeah. Um totally. Uh no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure there were no consequences. No. Yeah, um there's all kinds of stuff like this. Um the the federal nuclear regulators have a thing like this where they've been told by Congress about six times to make new regulations to make it so you can actually build nuclear plants and they just don't do it. Can't can't we have some kind of law that says if you're told to make new regulations and you don't do it, the old ones just go away? Uh, we could have a law like that if if we pass that law. We should pass that law. Wes, David, get on it. I'm delegating this to you guys. Um, I'll do it later. Okay. Yeah, he has uh, You COVID. got the COVID, so, yeah. Yeah, I have COVID. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, illnesses, the next story uh, is that apparently... The last 16 years of Alzheimer research was based on fraud. Not like a mistake, not like weird p-hacking, like actual deliberate fraud. Like somebody got out Photoshop and fraudulated their, <laughs> is that a word? Fraudulated some of their uh, cell That's not photos. a word, but we they can make it one. Okay, good, it is now. Alright, um, so you may remember a few episodes ago we were talking about a drug that got the uh, amyloid plaques off of uh, the brains of Alzheimer's patients um, and that we weren't there was no evidence that this actually helped cure Alzheimer's but everyone was pretty sure that these plaques were related to Alzheimer's so clearing out the plaques may be good 
we put this in Happy News, didn't we? No. No? Okay. No, because it was like, it was a weird thing where the FDA approved it, despite not a lot of evidence that it worked, which is great. We want the FDA to approve things, but also, like, it probably doesn't work. Okay. Um, But it turns out, now we know why it doesn't work, because the amyloid plaques aren't the problem, and the reason we thought they were is fraud. It's crazy. It's fucking... Yeah. So, first of all, 16 years of research... It just basically wasted because it was based on something that didn't even work. An entire generation of people that maybe possibly could have gotten Alzheimer's cured fucked because we were barking up the wrong goddamn tree. And I honestly, seriously wish that we could put the person responsible for this in jail for at least 16 years. And also, like, over $2 billion of pharma and federal spending combined wasted on this sort of shit this is insane i mean 16 years in jail seems like not enough to me honestly but i don't know maybe i don't shouldn't be too vindictive i mean maybe we should just give him alzheimer's or something (laughs) (laughs) brilliant um V mentioned this in his latest COVID update, and he had, I just want to read his quote. He says, if this is fraud, we need to update a bunch on the probability that a bunch of other stuff is also fraud. Yeah. Which I think is right, because if this could get past everybody, if we could do 16 years of research based on it, and nobody realized that it was fake, like, what else out there is fake that nobody's caught? I mean, it sort of makes you think, I, I, I don't believe in the flat earth but i kind of see where they're coming from now <laughs> they're like oh my god everything's bullshit right i can't trust a goddamn thing ah uh, you know what's not bullshit covid19 vaccines because man <laughs> i uh, had covid19 and now i'm better mostly so yeah. uh pretty sure it was the vaccines that's it was, good it was killing people a while ago it was lots um, of people from what we heard right and now joe biden got it which we're not even covering because who cares? He's did, fine. Did he get it twice or did he just not actually get better? No, he just got it. But he got it again. Oh, he did? No, he Apparently. Just didn't, he didn't just didn't get better. That's ridiculous. That's what I'm assuming. You don't just re-catch COVID within 48 hours. Oh, my God. Is that why people are talking about the uh, the Paxlovid rebound? Yes. Uh, well, I was wondering why people were talking about that because it happened to Joe Biden. Yes. Wow. All right. Yeah, he just does the same COVID. Yeah, it being the same COVID definitely sounds plausible. It's wearing a fake nose and mustache. Then, um, him having caught separate COVID within two weeks. Yeah, that definitely didn't happen. Um, but this is like, uh, I really hope medicine isn't the next psychology. We're just, (laughs) all this, turns out all the studies were fake. Um, Earth astronaut, gun astronaut. No! No! David, why? Because <laughs> someone had to. I just, I really hope that's not true. So, some medical stuff works. Sometimes. It's gotta. I, I mean, we know antibacterial, antibiotics rather work. I mean, yeah, those were invented, you know, decades ago. Yeah, they, before the medication crisis. They work for now. Yeah, right? More than decades. Wasn't it almost a century ago at this point? Yeah, almost. Actually, it may be a full century. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, this sucks. Uh, medicine is bad, and it should be better. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it just blows my mind that so much research has been done on this. How did no one realize? Uh, so uh, 
So, you know that thing that undergraduates do, um, where they don't read papers and books that they cite, they just kind of skim it until they find a quote that looks good, and then they quote it, and then stick it in the bibliography? Yeah, academics never stop doing that. (sighs) See, this is why we have law reviews, where dumb 2Ls like me have to look up each citation and make sure it says what the person claims it says. What's a 2L? A second year law student. Oh, okay. That's a thing you gotta do, huh? I mean, it's what you gotta do if you wanna be on law review. Neat. See, it seems like a good law. Yeah, it's not a law. It seems like a good practice because people just lie a lot. Right. It totally sucks to do, um, but it's definitely worth doing. Yeah. That's like, I feel like that's what fact-checking is supposed to be. (laughs) Um... But we don't really do that anymore. No. Nowadays, fact-checking is just saying that the other side is lying. All right. Well, speaking of lying and fraud, uh, let's move on to the Chinese real estate crisis. Yeah. We covered this last year at some point, I think. Maybe it was early this year. I think it was earlier this year. Okay. Uh, About Evergrande, the biggest maker of housing in China. Huge company. Uh Lots of uh, financial issues. They have indeed defaulted on their debt, as everybody thought they were going to. A lot of construction has stopped on many of their projects, leaving thousands of homes uh, just in the middle of being built and not done, because the builders aren't getting paid when they're defaulting on their debt. Uh, And interestingly, in China, they often sell homes before these homes are finished, which means people start paying their mortgages while the homes are still under construction. Uh, I didn't know that until this week, because now a lot of those homeowners have stopped making mortgage payments on their unfinished houses that aren't being worked on, because why would you? Oh, yeah, I thought we mentioned that last time, that, like, that's why this would be a huge disaster, because a lot of the homes that were that were being mortgaged weren't actually built yet. <laughs> well, uh, bad news, it is, in fact, a huge disaster. Yeah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> love being right. Yep. People saw that, uh, yeah, mortgages aren't being aren't being made payments on, which is where banks get their money from. So uh, there was a big ass run on the bank, uh, specifically in the Henan province, a rural province, uh, where people wanted to go and get their money from these banks before they collapsed. And as you those, do, as you do, yeah, those banks froze uh, millions of dollars worth of deposits, uh, possibly 1.5 billion uh, in aggregate could be affected oh. by this freezing. Where's yeah. George Bailey when you need him? Who's George Bailey? He's the dude from It's a Wonderful Life. Who's like, the money's not here. It's in Bob's house and Rob's house. Oh, cool. Well, hey. Well, he's there, but Bob's house and Rob's house aren't built. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, the money's not in those houses. (laughs) It's just in Evergrande's account that is not there anymore. It's gone is what we're saying. Right. Somebody took it. And it's gone. (laughs) Uh, but yes, there was uh, this this run on the banks. They wouldn't give people money, so there was protests. Thousands of people in the streets in front of the HQ of one of these banks, and uh, eventually violence erupted as police and or security clashed with the protesters. There's conflicting conflicting accounts about to whether this was police or whether it was uh, private security for the banks. But you know, regardless, people were beating up other people. There was blood. I don't think anyone actually died though, but some people went to the hospital. You sound Anyways. disappointed. No, no, I'm glad there's nobody died. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's less um, 
shocking, uh. whatever, that nobody died, but that's good. Uh, anyways, China has said that, because uh, there was for a little while rumors that the Chinese government had said that uh, these bank deposits are being reclassified as long-term investments, which is why the banks don't have to repay them immediately uh, when the people ask for their deposit money back. Uh, the That is unconfirmed uh the chinese government says that this whole thing was a bad that the banks did and there is an investigation being done to several officials and medium-sized repayments have begun in waves uh the the few thousand dollars at a time uh to people and also in contrary to what other people were saying and what actually put this on my radar the there were never any tanks in front of the banks uh there was video of tanks rolling past banks and uh, the news site said, oh my god, this is, uh, this is the Chinese government rolling out tanks to protect the banks from these uh, runs on the banks. But it turns out that was in a completely different province, hundreds of miles away, and it was for a regularly scheduled uh, military parade. So that did not actually happen, although all the rest of this stuff did, and it's still bad. Oh, man. I hope my bank accounts never get reclassified as long-term investments. I've... <laughs> it get really tough to use my debit card. Yeah. I try not to keep very much money in uh, in PayPal or any other payment processor because they can freeze your money at any time for up to six months for any reason whatsoever. Hey, so I remember we talked about this before. The prediction was like this could this could just collapse the Chinese economy entirely. Yeah, how's that looking? Uh, still not great. Um, cool. Yeah, the so basically the. The Chinese government is doing everything they can think of to keep the bubble from popping, but generally keeping the bubble from popping uh, just means you have a bigger bubble to deal with three months from now. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're not really making good progress. They're just kind of kicking the can down the road. I need to invent some slow bubble deflation technology. We we, right, well, we have that technology. It's called Georgia's land taxation. Hey, <laughs> oh. solves everything. Uh, I see on my outline here that uh, we may be going to war with China. Maybe. Um, there is a question mark. Yes, on the outline. Yeah. So uh, I I just bring this up because we're talking about China anyway, and if a new front in Cold War Two does open up. I'll look like a total Chad for calling it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there... This is how psychics work, David. <laughs> you just call everything and then only point out yeah. the ones where you're right. It's also how Larry Summers works. <laughs> Gotta hate that guy. Uh, I don't know who he is, but he sounds like an economic psychic. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is a uh, person that now apparently Wes agrees with about everything. Um... He's the guy who always says everything will cause inflation. And now that it has, he's like, I was right. He doesn't always <laughs> say everything will cause inflation. He says running deficits can cause inflation. All right. Fair enough. But anyway, uh, yeah. So um, there. So basically the only uh, real um, foreign mission that the PLA has ever seriously cared about is reconquering Taiwan, uh, which to this day the CCP insists is part of China, despite the fact that no, it's not. Um, oh, and they will get pissed off at anyone who refers to it as a country. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so they tend to run a lot of exercises um, in the uh, province directly across the Taiwan Strait from Taiwan, which means... Kind of like how Russia used to run a lot of exercises on the Ukraine border? Exactly. And hey, cool. guess what? It's uh, it's exercise time of year, and also right. we're getting close to the time of year when the uh, Taiwan Strait is calm enough that you could maybe do an amphibious invasion across it if you wanted. And also, um, Nancy Pelosi is visiting Taiwan, and there was a lot of crowing on Chinese social media about how. Uh, if she was ex- escorted by U.S. military aircraft, then that would be a violation of Chinese sovereignty, and they might get shot down. Uh, as I think they landed on schedule without being shot down, but also, wow. So yeah, possible war well, with China. Here's hoping it's not. I, I think uh, you should pull a Larry Summers and just keep uh, keep. <laughs> predicting that every few months well I, so i'm not going to because um uh i am expecting there to be a coup in china in a couple of months if there hasn't been an invasion so yeah and i actually think that uh constantly pre- predicting disaster being wrong every time but then you know randomly being right then declaring victory is pulling a nasim talib i mean oh that's what I've heard. What did he predict? Disaster all the time. He's the guy who wrote Anti-Fragile. He so, wrote the Black Swan too, right? Yeah. Okay, so so that's actually a misconception. He doesn't predict disaster all the time. He endorses disaster preparedness all the time. Because oh. like his entire point is that uh, low-frequency, high-impact events aren't higher frequency than people think. They're higher impact than people think. Fair enough. I'm uninformed on this topic, so I'll take your word for it. Anyway, leave me alone. I have COVID. Okay. Next story. Will do. Eniash. Yes, sir. You have a culture war story for us. I guess I do. I'm disappointed in, in having this story. But uh, the NHS, the National Health Services in Britain, which they really love over there for some reason. I guess it's good or something. Um, it's because uh, it gives people health care for no money. People like that. I, that's true. I guess we could take a lesson from them. I, I mean, uh, if the lesson is that um, if you're having a um, uh, your appendix explode, then you're going to be put on a wait list for at least two weeks for uh, surgery, then yes, we could take that lesson. I mean, the lesson I would take from it is if people need things to live and you give it to them for free, they're going to love you a whole lot. So, cool. It, 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 it's a very good political move to give free free uh, medicine. Well, yes, the NHS is very yeah, popular. We we, yeah. we have always known that. But I have not always known that because I am a stupid, stupid person. <laughs> As I no, covered earlier in the episode. No, Enyash, you're not. <laughs> but the stupidity. You're, you're just you're very, you're like reasonably intelligent. Nope. <laughs> Enyash, you are solidly within one uh, standard deviation of the peak of the midwit meme. <laughs> I have never been so insulted in my life. <laughs> no, you what? have. You just didn't realize it. Oh, good point. <laughs> for Isn't obvious that... reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I really had to have David spell it out for me. <laughs> All right. Anyways, the NHS is in Britain. 
And uh, they closed the Tavistock Child Gender Identity Clinic over there uh, over safety fears. I believe it is the largest uh, such clinic there. Um, the clinic has been deemed unsafe for children. Uh, they were they had some people from the inside saying for a number of years, hey, uh, I think the, we aren't meeting any standards of care here. And it looks like they didn't actually have any standards of care at all. They were unable to produce any studies showing efficacy or the risks or safety of various puberty blockers. Like, not just that, you know, they are risky or they are safe or whatever. They just, they didn't have anything at all. They're like, I I'm sorry. You, you want evidence. We got nothing. Uh, the One of the whistleblowers, including David Bell, who was a specialist who'd worked there for over 25 years and served as the staff governor at the time of his resignation, uh, reported harassment and threats when they brought up the fact that uh, we don't we don't actually know if any of the how this stuff works, if it works well, if there's side effects, like maybe we should look into it. So they uh, they they eventually handed him out of the job. And uh, according to at least some people in the UK, it may be their biggest medical scandal so far this century. So, uh, yeah, that that was a whole thing. Was it? Yeah, and to be clear, the Tavistock, the knock on that is, like, they they push, like, gender questioning kids into transition too quickly. Yes. Without, like, any oversight or, like you were saying, no standard of care or any, any guidelines or anything. They're just like, um, yeah, sure, how about you transition? And that's... Yeah, kids would you know. show up being like, I, I kind of hate being my gender. I think it sort of sucks. And they'd be like, hey, you're puberty blockers. Uh, there's absolutely no side effects, and it's fully reversible. You and get a puberty blocker, and you get a puberty blocker. Right, exactly. Which, uh, you know, not necessarily good. At the very least, maybe something that should be looked into. Um, wasn't the vaccines cause autism thing this century? Or was that late 90s? Uh, I mean, that started I mean, last century. It was definitely last century that that uh, report came out. I don't know whether it was debunked to this century or last century. Yeah, no, I think the scandal think this actually that it was broke debunked. in, like, 2005. Yeah. Okay. Well, then those people are definitely overstating things as to uh, how scandalous it is compared to other scandals. Yeah. I'll, yeah, still pretty scandalous. Also, uh, potentially there's the um, whole, the entire field of Alzheimer's treatment is based on fraud scandal. Yes. Which I don't actually I know that's what order these happened in, but uh, oh yeah, it does say UK's biggest medical scandal. Yeah, with the vaccine autism thing, that was American too, right? I don't. Uh, Lakefield so. was a British guy. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, that's definitely bigger. Yeah. Um, in related news, the FDA has now added brain swelling and vision loss to the warning labels of puberty blockers, which weren't there before. Um, unclear how they missed that, but you know. So I thought we'd like big brains, and we cannot lie. So, uh, on the one hand, that sounds pretty bad. On the other hand, seems like uh, like the FDA does have a known tendency to, shall we say, exaggerate things a little. So, yes. Yeah, I don't know how to take this news, because it's the FDA, and everything they do is bad. So, I'm like, okay, but, like, is this a real thing, or are you just being overexcitable as usual um they claim that they've identified six cases um where this plausibly was the cause um in uh girls between age five and twelve uh which is uh seems like young to take puberty blockers but i guess that's when you take them right? five yeah five 
I mean, that's, I can see twelve. Young. I could maybe yeah, even I feel see like, ten. But I feel like by twelve, most women are are going into puberty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what between the ages of five and twelve could mean anything. Oh no, you know why? Because puberty blockers were originally for precocious puberty, which is an actual thing, a medical condition that happens when people way too young start going through puberty. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, and actually, they are. I, I actually learned this this week. They are not. I mean, they've never been um, approved to to use as puberty blockers. That's that's an off-label prescription that doctors are just prescribing. Oh, what are, what are they um, for? For the what you just said, the uh, oh, oh. like premature puberty. Okay. Um, now I don't really care about FDA approval. Right. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I heard from a lot of people that they don't have any side effects. That are <laughs> worth worrying about, you know. Um, so this is like a, you know, maybe they do. Uh, like I said, it's the FDA, so I'm not taking their word for it. Look it up for yourself. Did you read the um, the review of the Castrati book on ACX? Yes. No. I thought was that it one was... of the was one of the the uh, recent ones. Uh, yeah, one of the your book club reviews. Oh thing. yeah, I haven't gotten to all those yet. Okay, yeah, it was. I mean, it was an interesting thing. Uh, I, I enjoyed learning some things about the castrati, but uh, I also enjoyed learning of what happens to the human body when you uh, force puberty not to happen by, in some cases, cutting people's testicles off. And it actually has a uh, just the not going through puberty has some interesting effects on the human body all its own. All right, well, we'll try to remember to include that in the show notes too. Yeah. All right. Um, next story is from Eniash. Uh, we got some Ukraine news. We do. Uh, the Right now, there is a lot of fighting going on in the eastern region, the Donsk region. Is that how it's pronounced? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Nobody knows because we're not Ukrainians. It's spelled uh, Donetsk. Donetsk? I, I mean, I guess one of, us is, one of us is a quarter Ukrainian, but we, we're not going to be talking about that. Um, but Zelensky, the leader of the it's Ukrainian me, peoples... I, I should hope not. Okay, good. I mean, okay, I guess I should say at least one of us is a quarter Ukrainian... <laughs> <laughs> there may be more. Uh, Zelensky is calling for massive evacuation uh, because there's a lot of fighting going on right there and uh, there's no electricity, there's no gas. He's saying people should go. He also used the terms, uh, the less people there are here, the less people there would be for Russians to murder, which I guess is uh, somewhat inflammatory, but it's the words he said. And I guess if you're fighting the Russians, you don't mind being inflammatory about them. Uh, Seems prudent to evacuate people from a war zone. I think so, but it also means, like, an entire region. This isn't, like, a city or something. This is, in, in human terms, a relatively massive land area, and it's over, it's hundreds of thousands of civilians just, like, leaving and going, I don't know, where? Where do you put hundreds of thousands of people? It's not like there's hundreds of thousands of free housing somewhere else. Poland. I That's true. Poland's been taking a lot of people. Mm. They, they're good folks, the Poles. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a big thing that's possibly going to be happening right now i mean maybe people aren't gonna listen to him but i imagine a lot of them will probably um related story apparently the russian economy is doing very badly Mm -hmm. um the yale school of management released a paper this week um that that used a lot of uh what they say unconventional data sources um, say including high-frequency consumer data, cross-channel checks, releases from Russia's international trade partners, and data mining of complex shipping data uh, to do a comprehensive economic analysis of the Russian economy, and it's come out looking very bad. Ooh. Uh, so the sanctions are working for the you know certain definitions of working. Uh, they are they are 
have sent the Russian economy into a complete tailspin. Um, I'll post the uh, the article that talks about this. It's got a bunch of charts where you can see that just like everything's quite bad. Mm. I, I I guess that's bad. Uh, oh, good. I, I don't mean, know. I guess I think it would be bad if we imposed all these sanctions and didn't they didn't do anything. Um, but they claim even Russian oil is selling at big discounts, which I've been hearing the opposite. They're like, Russia's fine because oil's expensive now, and they're just living off of that. Hmm. But apparently not. Yeah. According to the Yale School of Business. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely be true that the Russian government's coffers are still fine, but the, um, like, people are not doing well. So that's probably what I'd guess the situation is if I had to guess. Still, it definitely sucks. Yeah. All right, so let's assume this the, the reporting this week is accurate and the Chinese and Russian economies are just both in the toilet. What's, uh, what next, man? Europe's doing fine, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're not having huge energy problems. Oh, no, they are. Um, so is this good or bad for America? Um, well, I, guess it's I good, mean... I guess it's good for American world influence, but bad for or the economy? Like, usually when the world is unstable like this, I think it's just kind of bad for everybody and could lead to big wars of badness. Ah, uh, yeah. That uh, yes. historically big has wars been the of case. Badness. <laughs> As opposed to American wars, which are big wars of goodness. Hell yeah, they are. Um, yeah, hopefully this doesn't lead to additional wars. Um, I feel like, you know, Russia's already doing that. But yeah, maybe this is a thing that will cause China to invade Taiwan, like we were talking about earlier. And then everyone will be at war. Yeah. Uh, speaking Noah Smith has speaking recently... of everyone being at war, um, uh, and me throwing out a bunch of predictions so I can cherry pick the correct ones and look like a total Chad. Um, yes. And anyone else following the damn fool things in the Balkans? No. No. Uh, yeah. So I think it was posted in our Discord. Um, yeah, I saw people talking about it. I didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, in a Serbian town near the border with Kosovo, there was shooting and air raid sirens, uh, which could be military stuff. It could be a Serbian false flag. Uh, That's just kids having a good time. <laughs> it could just be kids having a good time. Um, that's how we do it in America. Yeah, so that's probably bad but maybe not another front in cold war 2 yeah i mean i'll wait for a little more than some gunshots and a few sirens before i start declaring wars are happening yeah but it's not a good sign noah smith has recently been doing an analysis of what the likely two sides would be in such a war which he calls the new allies and the new axis and uh I don't know. He he says the new axis have uh, advantages in in population, uh, just distinct disadvantages in tech and economy levels, but roughly equal manufacturing capability on the two sides, which is very important since you know most of our war fighting now is uh, throwing machinery at each other. So I don't know. It was it was an interesting thing that he uh, he was is looking the at. The assumption that Russia and China would team up. Yes. And the big, the big uh, outlier being India. Who's India going to go with? 
Mm. Uh, Go with us. We're the best. Yeah. How is that a question? India absolutely hates China's guts. But they're right next to uh, Russia and China. Yeah, but India is majority Hindu and um, significant minority Buddhist, and China is persecuting the fuck out of both of those groups in Tibet. I don't know, man. Sometimes wars make for strange bedfellows. I... I have very low priors on Noah Smith saying anything interesting ever, and if he asks like there's ambiguity about whether India would go with uh, China or the US, if they had to pick sides, then that just confirms that this specific piece is not an outlier. Alright, well, my vote is, let's not do that I, That I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but I'm against that. I am against it too, but I'm also not necessarily betting against it. Just I'm not in favor. All right, so I guess that's only Eniash that wants to do the war. What? I don't want to do the war. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no war for me. Oh, sorry. I just thought you would, because you know your brain. Thing. So, who who in this uh, <laughs> who in this um, uh, podcast is the biggest peacenik? Cause it, Probably if, me. Well, so that's true, but if I remember right, Inyash is on the record as not willing to take up arms in defense of an invasion of any polity farther from him than, like, his neighborhood. No, I would probably take up arms in defense of Colorado. Okay. Definitely not me. I would run and hide <laughs> like a coward. <laughs> All right, so David, to answer your question... He says the really big card, wild card is India uh, because the USSR was India's protector during the Cold War what? and much of India's military equipment still comes from Russia. So India can't be expected to enter into any conflict against Russia. But China is a different matter. And then he says the same thing you just said, that two countries have come to blows recently over a disputed border and so on. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's nonsense. <laughs> that what? If there's one thing America's good at, it's supplying other countries with weapons. I think we could handle yeah, it. Yeah, that is true. Also, India was not a protectorate of the USSR during the Cold War. That's made up. He didn't say protectorate. He said India's protector, like, in a less formal way. Okay. Uh, either way, it's still kind of made up. Um, All right. Yeah. The, no, the, the reason why China or India hasn't been on board with the sanctions against Russia, I'm pretty sure it's just because they're trying to get more concessions out of the U.S. in order to get, in order to, uh, or before they get on board with said sanctions. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. For now, we're going to move on to our next story, which is from Eniash about record heat waves in Europe. Which I was trying to segue into, but you guys didn't take the bait. What? How were you trying to segue into uh, that? I said, things are fine in Europe, right? Mm, <laughs> well, mm, eh, that... This isn't economic news, really. <laughs> I don't know. I'd give that three out of five stars on segues, and that's because I'm five. generous. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, now that we're done ripping on David, uh, yeah, in Back Europe... Back to ripping on Eniash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is a record heat wave in Europe, over 100 degrees Fahrenheit in countries built from the cold, for the cold. Uh, England had 104.5 Fahrenheit recorded a couple weeks ago. Whatever. It was 100 here the other day. You don't see us whining about it. 
Yeah, well, you know, one of the reasons we don't whine about it, we because we're tough, because <laughs> we got grit. Because we I like some... those Nancy Europeans <laughs> can't handle a couple hundred degree days. Don't know how to hold a stiff upper lip anymore. Yeah, right. I thought that was your whole thing, Great Britain. Not so great now, are you? Uh, they are countries that traditionally have not had to deal with a lot of heat and are built specifically for the whole cold. A lot of the houses, especially. especially ah. Especially in uh, Britain, I'm not sure if this applies as much to the mainland, are built uh, to retain the heat as much as possible. Uh, so that's a problem. Most people, like by a large majority, don't have AC at all. And up until a few years ago, it, it somewhat, at least one poor person I read said that people didn't even really know how to handle a lot of heat because they just hadn't experienced it before. Uh, so we're learning new skills in heat handling here. But uh, yeah, it, it's really bad. Uh, and there's actually fires everywhere, both in Britain and on the mainland, just raging across the continent. It's bad times over there, man. They, uh, th this is a thing they're not used to, and they're having to adapt very quickly. Yeah. And it's bad. Yeah, I want to cast dispersions here, but I live in the deep south where a single snowflake uh, is grounds to declare a state of emergency. So, <laughs> honestly, I cannot. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, this sucks, and it sucks more because um, they're going through an energy crisis. So even if they had AC, they didn't. Ha they don't have the power to run it. Nope. Also, a reminder womp, that womp. if you run into any smug environmentalists talking about how uh, air conditioning is bad and it's a pure extravagance that uh, is killing the environment for the sake of our mere comfort, uh, they're completely full of shit because it's not. It's actually literally a life-saving technology because people can die of heat in, nor in normal weather if they don't have air conditioning. Oh, yes. yeah. Especially the elderly and infirm. It's right. basically Hot days like this or just, just murder old people? Yeah. Anyone who was all about like, oh my god, children have to wear masks forever because old people exist, but doesn't say everyone should have AC is uh, a hypocritical asshole. Well, I mean, if anyone says children should wear uh, masks forever because of old people, they may or may not be hypocritical, but they're definitely an asshole. Very valid. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, stay safe, Europe. I was just kidding before. You guys are all right. <laughs> all right. And that takes us to happy news. Good news, everyone. Well, they have one happy news this week, but it's pretty happy. Yeah, only one happy news because of the COVID. We didn't have time to find lots of other happy newses. You don't have COVID, Ineash. Your COVID affected me. All right. By, by sympathetically. I felt really bad <laughs> about your COVID. Yeah, I bet. So the one really happy thing is uh, a human interest story, this time without dog, because I was getting to be too much of a thing. Uh, actual humans? Actual humans, no, yeah. I don't, um, I, I don't care. I'll be back when you're done. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, about, about a minute and a half. Uh, some dude, a 25-year-old dude, had a late-night argument with his girlfriend and was driving around aimlessly when he saw a house completely engulfed in flames. All right. <laughs> this is already great. <laughs> Fucking metal as hell. Yeah, uh, arguing he... with his girlfriend and yeah. then saw a house on fire. That's what I want to see when I'm all pissed off. <laughs> so the world feel looks how you feel on the inside yeah like yeah let it burn that's right that's, that's why what he I, did right uh yeah he just kind of threw up the horns outside and headbanged while it burned yeah yeah <laughs> no he ran inside 
And uh, he helped out the family that was in, in there. Uh, they, they helped them down the stairs and outside. And then when they got outside, the eldest, was a 18-year-old daughter, was like, oh, shit, uh, my younger sister isn't here. Uh, and he was like, oh, but that's bad. So he ran back inside. He decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm committed to this. Ran upstairs, checked all the bedrooms on the second floor, nothing. Heard a child's crying coming from downstairs. So he's, he's a like, six-year-old, oh, by the way. Yeah, six-year-old girl down there. Uh, and that's where all the fire and smoke is. So he's like, okay, all right. He wrapped a t-shirt around his mouth, crawled through pitch blackness, following the sounds for cries. He found her, picked her up, ran through the smoke, upstairs, smashed a window with his bare hands, and jumped down onto the lawn. He suffered first-degree burns, a serious cut on his arm, and smoke inhalation, and had to be airlifted to the hospital, but the child was completely unharmed. So, Also, I heard he apologized to his girlfriend, too. (laughs) Oh, well... (laughs) Because he's just that great a guy. I mean, after a Chadley move like that, she should apologize to him. So, uh, Inyash, are you reconsidering your masculinity is bad position? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever said masculinity is bad. Um, um, um. I, I said that men suck, and I hate being one. <laughs> that there's, uh, are you, there's a are distinct you difference that between position, the two. Maybe? I, I think I think masculine women are the best. All right. That brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, (laughs) politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And this week, we're going to start with Eniash. Ooh, neat. Uh, Well, my troop deployment is that, well, actually, accuracy is important. Uh, and the reason I bring this up is because they, by my house, there is a billboard that has a picture of, not that close to my house, a few miles away, a picture of a very cute baby uh, that uh, is I'm glad you're dr- accurate about that. It's important. <laughs> Thank you. It is. Uh, looking directly out at the audience, saying, I had a heartbeat at six weeks old. And uh, th- there's an abortion hotline thing there for, like, if you're considering an abortion, don't do it. Please don't abort me. I'm so cute and I have a heartbeat already. Uh, and the thing is, as we've mentioned before on this very epi- uh, show, uh, there is no heartbeat at six weeks old. Uh, there is a tube that is in the heart area, which is fluttering rapidly and which will eventually become a heart uh, and have a heartbeat 10 to 12 weeks from now. So in the 16 to 18 week of development period. Uh, But there is no heart. And I knew this for a while, but like nobody ever said anything because parents would go in and look at the sonogram and the uh the person doing the sonogram technician or the doctor if you were lucky enough to have a doctor there would be like hey look that's where your child's heart is and it's beating right now isn't that great and the parents would be like aww and uh then you know you step in like well actually there is no heart there's just a tube that flutters like no one wants to hear that get the fuck out of here but uh you know what it turns out that actually maybe that was kind of important to say and know because now a lot of bills have been passed called heartbeat bills which protect the life of a baby who is having this big strong heartbeat at six weeks old and they literally call them heartbeat bills and in some of the bills they actually reference a non-existent heartbeat uh and you know maybe if there wasn't this story in the uh social environment about how babies have heartbeats at six weeks this wouldn't have happened as badly uh i I think technical accuracy is very important for many reasons uh 
and this is one of the chief among them. I have other reasons why I think technical accuracy is important, but you know, I'm not going to get into all those because this is uh, this is the one about the heart uh, valves. So yeah, there there used to be people who would say, you know, hey guys, actually that's not true, and we all shunned them and told them that they're horrible, disgusting human beings, and we don't want them around. And you know, guys got the message. We we just don't say things that are true but not popular anymore, and. Uh, Maybe that was a giant misstep by society, and it came around and bit us all in the abortion ass. Uh, the end. Thank you, Eniash. <laughs> now we're going to go to David. Yeah, so uh, my troop deployment is, well, actually, accuracy is important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, reshuffled the order because I thought of a fun bit where I steal Inyash's headline, and uh, Wes wanted to make it clear that I was stealing from Inyash and not the other way around. Anyway, we talked previously about the Greenwood Park Mall shooting, uh, which was stopped due to the heroic intervention of a gentleman named Eli Dickin, who uh, engaged the shooter uh, pretty much as soon as he started shooting uh, with his own concealed firearm and put the goblin down. Um, I uh, mention this because not only did he do so, he did so from, uh, I believe, 50 yards away, with an 80% accuracy rate and no bystander uh, casualties. Now, he doing this with a concealable 9mm pistol is, for those of you who don't know, very impressive shooting. Um, so, all of this is important because I have made my position on guns and the carrying thereof very clear in uh, this podcast. But I just want to reiterate that uh, anything that you are doing to, uh, or anything that you're carrying for the protection of yourself and others is only ever going to be as effective as the person carrying it. So uh, uh, I entirely encourage all of our listeners to um, concealed carry and to uh, be prepared to give and receive violence in defense of yourself and others if it becomes necessary to do so. But I also want to emphasize that a very important part of that is training and practice. Uh, whatever you're carrying, uh, make sure you're actually taking it to the range, putting rounds through it, properly maintaining it. Uh, if uh, possible, do some actual, like, tactical training uh, just to make sure that you have thought through and are prepared to assess these sorts of situations in the uh, very unfortunate uh, circumstance that you find yourself in one, and uh, um, make sure that you are prepared to make good decisions in those circumstances when they arise, and as anyone who's read Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality knows, the way that you make sure you're prepared to make good decisions in the moment is to have already made them in advance. David, I love your bit about using uh, accuracy is important as literal firing <laughs> accuracy. That was awesome. You're welcome. And to be clear, the plan was not to, you know, announce that, that we did that and explain the whole thing. I had confidence that you listeners would just get it. I think... But, you know, I think that listeners are a uh, fickle yet also um, uh, uh, habit bound bunch. And if we did things out of order without explaining why, then they might complain. 
I think our listeners are the most intelligent people on the planet, so they would have figured it out. That's probably well, as true. the power of the editor. You can always remove the explanation in post if you really want oh, to. Oh, I'm not going to do that. You know I'm yeah, not going to. Yeah, I know. To. <laughs> no. right. It's the COVID. Both of you shut up. <laughs> Time for my troop deployment, which is my review of COVID-19. Now, I tried COVID-19 for the first time after attending an <laughs> international rationalist organizer retreat in Berkeley. On a positive note, it was easy to travel with, and I had no trouble getting it home on the plane without even checking a bag. But as soon as I got home, it was a mess. It woke me up in the middle of the night, running a hot temperature but feeling cold, very inconsiderate. The next morning, the stupid virus didn't even have the decency to register as positive on a rapid test. I talk about deceptive sales practices. <laughs> next thing you know, its energy consumption is out of control, just really taking as much as I had to offer with no consideration for the other things I had planned for the day. Now, I'm a small business owner with a young child and a podcast host, so I don't have time to spend all day tending to my COVID infection. But did it care? No. It monopolized all of my time and kept me lying on the couch for three days, including a Saturday that I wanted to spend with my family. Overall, I felt it was very disrespectful of my time and did not react well to boundary setting. Ultimately, I had to get Paxlovid to escort it out. Now, if you're considering trying COVID-19, I recommend against it. I suggest trying a common cold or a bacterial respiratory infection instead. My experience with those was, while not perfect, significantly better than COVID. If COVID wants to stick around in this economy, it needs to get its act together. One of five stars, not recommended. Nice. All right. That's our show, people. Follow us where you follow things. Leave us reviews. Uh, I think Apple Podcasts is probably the best place to do that. Um, subscribe to us on Substack. You'll get episodes a day early. Um, basically, as soon as I finish editing them, I post them to the Substack. So you'll be the f first to get them. Um, you'll get access to bonus episodes and you'll get access to our subscriber only discord channel where you can come say whatever you want to us out of view of all those uh, dirty freeloaders yeah so we'll be back in two weeks same rat time same rat channel bye, bye.